to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Hey everybody, so I get a lot of questions about how to use non-food reinforcements. So um, thank you to everyone who follows me over on the gram at a good feeling underscore NCO um, for asking these questions because they're so relevant and it gives me great uh, podcast topics. So let's talk about using non-food reinforcements in training. So Obviously, I use a lot of food reinforcements in training because uh, one, dogs need food to survive. Uh, Two, most dogs are more than happy to eat food. And three, they are very easy to dispense and it's easy to make progress quickly um, because all I have to do is just eat the treat and then you can move on to another repetition. So while food is obviously uh, my primary reinforcement when I'm training dogs, there are lots and lots of other options for non-food reinforcements. So there's a couple caveats with some of these non-food reinforcements, and I'm going to kind of break all of those down. So um, I want to talk about a few non-food reinforcements. So obviously, we'll talk about using toys. We'll talk about using access um, and freedom, and we'll talk about using praise and pets. So uh, as far as it, <sighs> toys are concerned, so Yes, you can absolutely use toys systematically to reinforce behavior. But, you know, with all of these things, what really matters is that the dog actually finds it reinforcing. So just because you got a new toy and you want the dog to like it and play with it, it doesn't mean that it's really going to be reinforcing. So remember that, that like the learner, in this case, our dogs always get to choose what is reinforcing. So just to give you an example, um, when Waylon was young, we were doing a lot of agility training, and I really wanted him to like playing tug with the toy, and I tried to use it as a reinforcement, but Waylon very quickly let me know that he did not find the toy reinforcing. He found the food reinforcing, and he let me know that because when I tried to like give him the toy and like play tug with him and offer it as a reinforcement... He just kind of blew me off and went and sniffed somewhere else. And it's not that he blew me off, right? He's just like, this isn't really that cool, so I'm going to get out of here. So remember, your dog always gets to decide what is actually reinforcing. So if you have a dog who's obsessed with toys and they definitely find toys reinforcing, you can absolutely use the toys to reinforce behaviors you want to see more of. So a few things to think about when you're using the toys. So one would be um, if you want to use the toy as a reinforcement, it's you're going to be able to make a lot more progress and get a lot more repetitions in if the dog will willingly give the toy up. So if the dog loves the toy, but the dog will not give it up, uh, you have a couple of options. So you could try using food to trade them to get them to give up the toy so that you could do another repetition. Uh, You could try using an equal value toy as a trade so they'll give it up so you could do another repetition. So that's kind of the caveat to using toys as reinforcements in training is that um, it's not as effective if you can't get them to give the toy up and do another repetition. It's not impossible by any means, but if I really want to make progress in a behavior and I want to systematically use the toy as the reinforcement, it's really important that my dog understands how to give up the toy, do another behavior, get the toy back. And that's, you know, a little bit more complex than I can explain just in this podcast episode. But um, if your dog loves toys, 
teach them to give up the toy so that you can get more repetitions in and just get more reinforcement value out of the toy. So I know that there were some questions in regards to um, dogs who will either not eat food in the presence of a toy or not work with a toy in the presence of food. So that's pretty normal, right? So I can think of an example. One of my lovely clients has a boxer named Tucker who is obsessed with squeaky balls. And while he will eat food, if there's a squeaky ball present, he's more likely to pay with the squeaky ball than the food reinforcement. So something that his owner has worked very hard on is teaching him to give up the squeaky ball for another squeaky ball so that she can use that in training. And we've also tried to teach him the skill set, and it's there sometimes it's not there other times of playing with the toy, but also eating food. So these are all skill sets that you may have to break down individually. You may get lucky, right? And your dog can just do that naturally. Um, but if not, that's something that, you know, you're going to have to really break down. So to give you another example, um, Waylon, like I said, not super motivated by toys by any means. Um, but for the purposes of agility, I really wanted him to be able to tug um, from a focus standpoint from a getting him like pumped up standpoint. So I actually used food as the reinforcement for tugging so that I could make tugging more reinforcing. So if you guys are not already familiar, there's a podcast and it's called Drinking from the Toilet. Um, and Hannah Brannigan is the host and she did an episode about shaping a tug. And I love that episode. It was so helpful. It gave me so many ideas and I did use that and implement that to shaping Waylon to tug. And now Waylon tugs really, really beautifully, but the food is still the reinforcement, right? So I don't kid myself into thinking that tug is reinforcing, like he will tug for my purposes and I keep him focused and engaged and all that stuff. But the food reinforcement is still what he actually finds reinforcing in that sequence of events. So you can absolutely use toys as reinforcements, um, but you have to be able to get them to give it up. And if they could eat food and play with toys at the same time, that would be ideal. Um, so some other ways to use non-food reinforcements. So um, I'm, I'm referring to access. And when I'm saying access, that would be if a dog was on a leash. So um, most dogs, if not all dogs, find sniffing reinforcing, um, especially my dogs. I did not know that I was getting a hound when I got an American Staffordshire Terrier, but that I did. So smelling is something that I absolutely use as a reinforcement for behavior that I would like to see more of. So to give you an example, if I ask Waylon to walk at my side, I cue that behavior, he walks at my side, it's very likely that I'm going to reinforce with food, right, for being at my side, and then I am also going to release him to go and smell. So what that looks like is I cue the behavior of here, he walks to my side for a few feet, I mark yes, I reward, and then I say his release word okay, and I give him the length of the leash, and he can sniff and explore at his leisure. So I used the act of sniffing as a non-food reinforcement for the behavior of walking at my side. So that's just one example of how you could use it. Um, you can also use it, I call it freedom instead of access if they are off leash. So, you know, when I let my dogs off leash, I don't just like unstrap the leashes and just let them run. I typically unleash them and I ask them for a relatively easy to them behavior and, you know, easy to them. That's really, really important. So like if your dog has a really strong reinforcement history for a nose touch, that would be probably categorized an easy behavior. So for my dogs, the nose touch is pretty easy. Uh, the walking up 
at my side is relatively easy. So I'll cue those behaviors and then I'll release them to be free off leash. So I'm using the freedom of running around off leash as the reinforcement for the earlier behaviors of maybe doing a nose touch or maybe walking at my side on cue. So you can absolutely be using access and freedom as non-food reinforcements, okay? So another non-food reinforcement that I think that you absolutely can use but do not put too much weight in its actual value would be praise and pets. So um, yeah, some dogs do find being told that they're amazing reinforcing. Tiva loves it when I tell her she is amazing. Her whole body wiggles, her tail wags, like, like she's happy. She loves it when I do that. But I don't kid myself into thinking that that is more reinforcing than some of the distracting things we encounter in our daily lives. Um, so, you know, kind of the same thing on petting. So if you guys follow us on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO, uh, we very frequently have a dog staying with us called Dempsey, who is an English cream golden retriever. And Dempsey really does like to be pet. He really adores it. And yes, I have been able to use that as a non-food reinforcement for behaviors, but that, that only combats distraction levels to a certain standpoint. So like if we're hanging out in the house and I ask him to do a couple of behaviors and I pet him, that's sufficiently reinforcing enforcing for him but if we were out like on a walk or something and he saw a bunny and I asked him to leave it and he did and I just gave him pets it's not the same reinforcement value in that context I'm definitely using food as the reinforcement to combat the distraction level of chasing bunnies because uh Dempsey loves to chase bunnies so just to give you some perspective on that right and guys what it really boils down to is that your learner always gets to decide what is actually reinforcing and while in the vast majority of cases food is reinforcing to dogs it is not always right there are a couple unicorns out there and in those cases you can use toys access freedom praise and pets as non-food reinforcements. So non-food reinforcements are just a little bit trickier to use strategically in training sessions, but it's absolutely possible. Um, toys especially can be used really, really systematically in training sessions. Um, Tiva loves to chase the ball, and as she ages, we don't do any ball chasing just because of her physical health, right? I don't want her doing that repetitive motion. But in her younger days, all of our agility training was primarily uh, for a ball because she found the ball genuinely reinforcing and she was willing to work for it. So I was able to use it in that context. So if your dog loves toys, you can definitely use that to your advantage, but make sure that you can get them to give it up or trade out for a toy or a food reinforcement so that you can get access to it and do another repetition. So it's important your dog understands like those sequence of sequence of events. So if your dog loves praise, that's fine, but use it sparingly and do not kid yourself into thinking that it is more valuable than some of the other things they encounter in their day to day. Same thing with pets, right? Dogs do like to be pet. They like to be touched, but there's two sides of that, right? Some dogs really like if you tell them to do something and they do it and you go in and reach and pet them their ears will go back and they'll kind of give you that look of judgment so not all dogs find praise or petting reinforcing but if your dog does you can definitely use that to your advantage in a reinforcement schedule but don't kid yourself about how really truly reinforcing it is so guys I hope that this was a helpful episode um, if you have any thoughts on non-food reinforcements let's talk about it in the disorderly dogs the conversation continues Facebook group uh, have a wonderful weekend and smooch those puppies for me and I'm seriously I'm looking forward to the next episode I know I say it every time but I genuinely freaking mean it have a good day you guys 
Hey everybody, I wanted to just tell you what I can offer you in virtual training sessions. While it seems kind of funny to do dog training virtually, it's actually really, really productive. And I can help you with a wide range of behaviors from potty training your new puppy to training your reactive dog to integrating dogs into a household. So if you need training help, please reach out. I would love to connect with you in virtual training. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about us, please check us out on Instagram at a good feeling underscore in co. You can also find us on Facebook at a good feeling dog training, as well as our website, agfdogtraining.com.